The way the world is powered is changing, and it's changing faster than at any time in decades, if not longer. 15 million tons of CO2 is equivalent to 3 million cars on the road that you're taking out. Really, all in all, how does a city serve its people better? Welcome to The Future Is, the podcast where we meet people shaping what's next in business and life. I'm your host, Laura Kelleher, Honeywell's Chief Marketing Officer. And in today's episode, things will be a little bit different. We'll be sharing some highlights from the conversations on this year's podcasts, which covered everything from the future of cities and travel to what's needed for the world to reach net zero. Earlier this year, I sat down with Vimal Kapoor, Honeywell CEO. Following the 2023 World Economic Forum, we discussed energy transition and his perspective on climate change. The way I look at it is that Customers, governments are now much more clearer on possible actions they can drive. So I think the discussions are more shifting to what can we do, uh, more in action orientation versus we are still thinking about it. So there's mm. a clearly shift to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, so we clearly see every country developing their own strategy. And interestingly, it's very different for each major material economy. I talked with our leaders about how companies are making sustainability a priority. Here's what John Waldron, Honeywell's chief commercial officer, said about the state of corporate sustainability. The trend is starting to change from behavioral shift. How, how do you uh, use the lights in the building? You know, how far do you drive to work? Like that's behavior. Yeah. That used to be what people thought was going to move the needle. Well, people are starting to realize that without technology change, you're really not going to get very far in achieving your sustainability goals. Ultimately, it's going to be both, and everybody kind of realizes that, but there's going to need to be an emphasis on deploying more sustainable technologies. Gavin Towler, our chief scientist for sustainability, discussed why he feels optimistic that the world will reach net zero, and it has everything to do with people and innovation. Here's what he had to say. Yes, we, we do have an enormous challenge. We absolutely need to pick up the pace and do more and go faster. But human ingenuity should never be underestimated. I'm, I am confident that we're going to find better solutions. But the fact that there are better solutions out there is not an excuse for not doing something now. We still need to actually be getting on with making progress in the near term. This year, we heard from experts who are at the helm of the latest breakthroughs. One of these is carbon capture. I asked Mei Chia, an expert in carbon capture and hydrogen solutions, to explain how it works. In industrial gas plants, they're emitting carbon dioxide today. So if you think about carbon capture, it's like putting a great big washing machine on the back of those plants and capturing the carbon dioxide so that it can be sent to pipelines or to sequestration or sent for utilization. And then if you think about that washing machine scenario a little bit more, the solutions that go into the carbon capture is like the different types of detergents that you have. You have liquid detergents, you have solid detergents, and those are the different types of technologies that can be applied to capture CO2 today. It's really important because carbon capture will enable us to continue operating our plants, but in a much cleaner way. Another area we explored this year was the future of travel. Barry Glickman, Vice President and General Manager of Sustainable Technology Solutions at Honeywell, discussed what's needed to scale the global adoption of sustainable aviation fuel. 
governments are playing a significant part in that. So there's mandates now in the United States, there's mandates in the EU, there's targets in other parts of the world that are requiring sustainable aviation fuel to be blended with traditional fossil-based jet fuel as a way to increase the demand for SAF. And then on the supply side, technology providers like Honeywell are continuing to play a significant role in introducing new technologies that expand the available feedstocks for SAF, as well as advance those technologies to bring down the cost. And we're not quite to the point where SAF is at cost parity to fossil-based jet fuel, but the gap is shrinking. Well, all those things are coming together to not only increase the demand, but increase the supply of SAF. I spoke with Emma Bombinato, Environmental Sustainability Manager at the Sydney Opera House, to hear how the iconic building is prioritizing sustainability so it remains a landmark for generations to come. The Opera House isn't really comparable to any other building. So we wanted to be able to say, how can we genuinely and meaningfully make sure that the Opera House is uh, best practice or world leadership um, by comparing its performance against itself? And that's what our Green Building Council performance tool does. We started at a four-star rating, which is best practice in uh, sustainability, and then uh, three years later achieved five-star rating. And then in uh, 2022, we achieved a six-star rating, which is world leadership in sustainability. So that legacy from it being part of our DNA just continues that thread. And it's a really important way for us to be able to not only reduce our impact, but also demonstrate to the community uh, how important it is for sustainability, both social and environment, to be embedded into what we do because it's important to our community as well. Generative AI, artificial intelligence, was a hot topic this year and it's not going away anytime soon. Shiresh Venkatlarayu, our Chief Technology and Innovation Officer, shared his perspective on how AI is going to change the workforce. What does it mean uh, for uh, software developers of the future? Uh, I see them moving slowly and steadily to be a great designers and architects, spending time with customers and solving issues and building the next uh, solution, uh, less about coding. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be an interesting shift, but I think it's a needed shift. Organizations are looking for ways to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions, especially in industrial environments. Deanna Haynes, who's at the forefront of emissions management software solutions, explained the impact. There are greenhouse gases, which are the gases that help trap heat and are, are contributing to global warming. In particular, um, carbon dioxide is the main gas that typically people talk about, but what we're, we're focusing on in our solutions are not only all the greenhouse gases and helping manage them, but specifically what is called methane, which is methane is a gas that's in natural gas, which is a fuel that most of our industrial customers use. And methane is in other, um, occurs naturally in the environment. And it is something that um, has a strong global warming potential compared to carbon dioxide. If we can reduce it now in the near future, it can really help stem the global warming that's going on. Electric vehicles are another example of how travel is changing. Let's hear about the latest electric vehicle trends from Sarah Martin, 
president of our sensing and safety technologies business. By 2030, it's projected there'll be more than 26 million electric vehicles on the roads in the US alone. We know there's legislation in other regions worldwide like Europe, which will effectively prevent the sale of combustion engine vehicles after 2030. And, and by then, it's estimated that more than 60% of, of all the vehicles sold will have some form of electrification as a form, as a means of power. But it doesn't become, it's not a simple evolution. It's not a simple path to having all of the scale in electric vehicles. There's, there's two or three particular areas that need to be uh, focused on or problems to resolve. And that is the infrastructure. So the charging infrastructure for primarily the, the primary um, method of, of creating electric vehicles with lithium-ion batteries, and they'll need to be recharged. So the charging infrastructure is very, very important. Um, and, and, you know, depending on the country or the region or cities versus rural areas, um, the, there's, there's relative differences in the availability. So that needs to roll out. The availability of lithium is obviously a, a core need. And then one of the biggest um, areas of, 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 uh, to address um, is safety. Innovations like EV are also changing buildings and cities. Here's what Matthew Britt, General Manager of Smart Cities and Communities at Honeywell, had to say. The grid that exists today, you know, isn't really well suited to be able to support all of that additional load. And so cities are, are, are leveraging renewables and battery energy storage to be able to support those massive loads that are coming onto the grid and be able to help weather natural disasters, climate events. You know, we, we, we saw in Texas a couple of years ago where, you know, the ice storm came through and took power, took out power for a full week, right? That meant no running water for for citizens um, you know so cities are adopting new energy technology and infrastructure to be able to help continue deliver city services when people need it most our world relies heavily on warehouses to deliver goods faster and safer here's how george kusaftis described the warehouse of the future you're going to have hundreds of thousands of packages going in and out of a facility on a given day in a very large facility Secondly, you're going to see workers enabled through mobility devices that has information for them about where they should be going next, what activities they should be executing against. And thirdly, you're going to see a symphony of robotics working in conjunction with those people and those conveyance systems, helping to move things off of trucks automatically onto conveyance systems, and also to help depalletize you know, major activities. And so it's, it's a pretty automated environment. But again, it's all backboned by software systems that provide instructions and execution um, uh, guided work for the workers. I'm going to leave you with a few inspirational insights from some of our guests who talked about career, courage, and purpose. Practice being courageous. Be courageous when market conditions and economic conditions are tough, when the challenges are tough, when it's hard to innovate. There's a lot of creativity now being applied to these problems, right? We at Honeywell are working on many, many different aspects of not just the energy transition, but all, way, all ways of making society more sustainable. And it's inspiring a lot of the next generation of scientists and engineers to come and work for us, to work for other companies or do research in this space. So a lot of human creativity is now being applied towards coming up with sustainable technologies. As a kid, what I wanted to do was be involved in something that brought purpose and meaning. And the area that I'm working in right now certainly does that. And the one thing that, that, that drives my team in this, and I've noticed it here more than almost anything else we do, and it's a sense of real 
purpose about why this is important. Our aspect is safety. We want to use our sensing technology and our instrumentation capability to keep people safe, to allow people to go home at night safely. Um, and so that is that sense of purpose resides across my team. And I have some of the best technologists, I think, personally um, available to me. And it's that sense of purpose that we're doing something for good. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to sharing more stories with you in 2024.